Yep. Good morning, Captain. Good morning, my good friend Merlin. Uh, I'm sorry I'm late. No, I was late. I rescheduled. It's not no, no, I was better late though. I knew you were going to be late, and I still was late. Not that's, a problem. Should we go live? Do you care? I care about everything, Dan. That's my problem. That's yeah. a good topic. I'll yeah, go live I, then. I, I, the thing is, I'm always live, Dan. Okay, should I yeah. do? Should I hit the live button then? I don't know. I mean, that's that's a, that's a decision you have. Right. I just did it. All right. You know, a always b b uh, broadcasting live b l. I'm going to tweet it too. <laughs> a b b l. Um, see, I no, this is awesome. I didn't know we were going to do it uh, for the kids. I'm really glad you're doing this. Hi, kids. Hi, not kids. I'm sorry, not kids. You're nerds. Um, the reason I'm late, though, it's my own fault. What's a spiritual reason? I'm my, uh, I don't know if I told you this, but I've undertaken a daily uh, cheese Danish practice. Mm. 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 It's just full of booty. Mm. I think you were having one of these the last time we were talking. Yeah. You know what it is? I go through, um, you can't tell I'm meeting, right? <clears throat> not at I, all. Um, no, not at all. I go, through, uh, I go through phases. I go through phases. Um, I'm frequently eating at the beginning of a You Look Nice Today episode because I'm usually late. For a while when I was doing that video series, I would eat an apple galette every day. Mm. Those sounded really, really gross when I ate them near the mic. This, these, are, these are pretty dry, though. This isn't as bad. I should, I'll, 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 um, I'll go to the galette for next time. <coughs> You're going to need to drink something, though, after this. All right. Hang on. Mm. Mm. Ah, productivity. So um, you've been busy. You've been busy, Dan Benjamin. What, what are you doing? Today's been a busy day. I had a lot of shows that wound up all having to get done today but th- really you're going out of town you're going to new zealand so what we're doing right now is we're recording the show what do you mean going out of town it's tuesday i'm in new zealand <laughs> <laughs> we're recording the show early people who are tuning in live will they'll hear it but the show actually will most people will be hearing this on tuesday of next week yeah. i will have evacuated that uh danish by, by three days ago pacific <laughs> yeah. time Five days ago. That's right. Time. So, oh my gosh, I'm probably already done pooping. Wait, wait a minute. Let me do the math on this. Now, Sigourney Weaver. Uh, no, it's great. I'm glad we're doing this. I'm glad we're doing this, Dan Benjamin. Well, right here, we're, we're breaking. We're already exceeding the expectations of most of the world because everybody was saying, well, Merlin's only going to do three. And uh-huh. this is well, the well, fourth you know, one. Okay. So, 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 B. I'm really cool about like letting you always, you know, spin things your way and make yourself look good. But A. <laughs> Tell them. Tell them how this went down. Give them, give them the chronology, Mr. Let's Talk About the Show at the all top right, of the show. All right. Give the chronology. Why don't you drop some science? Yeah. You, you sure. said that I needed to doodle you or twiddle, twiddle you. Yeah, doodle me so we can diary. And I, did, I didn't. Yeah. And then did, did I say it maybe like three more times? I said, I said doodle me so we'll diary this. And I didn't. And then at the last did I mention, minute. I'm just curious. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Dan. But at some point, did I mention a concept called compression? Did I mention compression? Yes. Okay. And did I, did I mention that we need to, to, to diary that? Yes. And I didn't. And okay, then, then you did the sh- you're doing the show anyway. And I think you have to be on a plane in like eight minutes. Mm-hmm. So no, thank you for doing mm-hmm. this. I'm, I literally, Phil Collins is right now. He's idling the Concord, even though the Concord court has not run in years. <laughs> and Phil Collins can't fly a plane. It's right. not bad. It's got, I, couldn't get, I couldn't get Travolta. He's at the Celebrity <laughs> Center this week. So I, um, I'm very excited. Me and too. Can, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Do you worry about spreading yourself too thin? Uh, I would worry about it if I wasn't so good at doing it. That's a totally appropriate answer. That was, was that an unexpected question? No, I, I've learned to expect all kinds of things from you. Hmm. So it, really there's no, an unexpected question, I don't, I don't really see a framework for that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, well. But, you know, I do, I, you know. 
It's a, it's a, like it's a two-level question. It's a two-level question. I actually, for once, am going to let you answer. Um, the two levels are, hang on a second. I should need this on the air. No, you should. Um, it, it adds. It's rude. It's rude. Especially people in New Zealand don't do this. I've learned in my three days I've been here. Right. Um, can I just say that in addition to like liking you as a human, uh, genuinely liking you, and you're kind of weird, but I've always, I've really, I've, I've loved your work for a long time. But like the thing that really grabbed me, so this is level one. Level one is um, the thing that really grabbed me like <laughs> on some metaphorical level by the collar and made me want to come do this with you. Um, it's just the, the polish and the quality of everything you've done. Um, it's, I think it's a big part of what you do in addition to the fact that you are genuinely like a likable, interesting guy who tries hard which you can't say for everybody, is that your shows are really polished and they're, they're, really, they're really good and the people on them are good and whatnot. And um, it's just, I, I, you know, I don't listen to every podcast that anybody does uh, except myself. Right. But like, you know, I mean, I, I don't listen to every single show. Every single show I listen to is really good, comma. But like, it seems like you have a lot of properties and that seems like that, and this is, you know me, right, Dan? This is not a passive aggressive, I'm trying to get a slam and I am genuinely asking this question. Put differently, how would you know and this will get to the second level where this is interesting to other people. How would you know if, if you were spreading yourself too thin with five by five? That's a good question. Um, here, here's the way that I look at it. So the, the, this will frame it for you in a different, in a different way. Mm-hmm. A lot of people listen to, to the shows that we do and I'm, I'm on many, not all, but many of the shows that we do. And they, they, I hear this all the time, and I take this as a, as a great compliment because it means that people like the shows and they feel can hopefully positively compelled to listen to them. But they, they say, Dan, you know, you're, you're, you're a machine. You're releasing so many shows. This is great. And the machine is the thing I hear all the time, which, you know. Oh, yeah, you're like a machine. A, like, like a, like a does it make you like, feel like the a Terminator. Commodity? Uh, or, no, or, I, no, okay. I, you know, like, to, so here, but here's the thing. They're saying, you're, you're doing all these great shows. You have these great shows. How do you do so many? You have all these great co-hosts on them and everything. Well, here's the thing. Number one, I feel like uh, I'm cheating because I have, I have people on the shows who frequently do a lot of talking. If you were to look at this thing in, in Apple Logic and see, I don't. I don't use. I do fifty percent or less of the talking on most of the shows. There's one. All right. Don't rub it in. Don't. Rub no. It in. No. That, that's that's true. The second thing is, if you were to look at if you were to look at traditional terrestrial or satellite radio, the the shift for a a, a radio talk show host is between you know, three if they're really good, but most do a four hour shift five days a week. So that means that they they show up and either six a.m or 10 a.m. or sometimes 11, and they do the, or in the, if they're in the afternoon, then they work through the, you know, the, the, the dinner time, drive time, time period. But they're doing a four-hour shift. That's normal. Well, if you look at the number of shows that I'm doing, I'm only doing four to five hours a day uh, worth of shows. Now, to me... As talent. To me, that's, I'm that's showing... as talent. I mean, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm using, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. using a, a douchebag industry term, but that's a term. no. Yeah, but I mean, you, so, on-air talent is you're also a producer. You're also the business guy. You're also you're a producer. Like you're going out and getting people to be on. I'm, yeah. I'm going to interrupt you, but I, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, for I'm just well, I I'm guess you're you, right. this is this is why the Merlin Show has whatever six episodes. <laughs> is like, gosh, sure, I can show up. That why am I with you, Dan? I, in addition to loving you, I just show up and talk into a mic. But you you have a lot. What you're really doing, if if I understand the Dan Benjamin approach, is you're. Um, you're well. You're creating a lot of expectations that you can fulfill, but there are a lot of expectations because there's a lot of moving parts to making all of this stuff show it up is, on time. It is right? time. It is very. I work long days. That's true. 
Yeah. But you're saying I have seen talent. I did see, get to no. see my son uh, though earlier in the week. I well, how's he doing? Him. Is he getting bigger or is he staying pretty much the same? Well, I mean, you know, he seems to be he seems to be bigger. Uh I got to see him, you know, briefly between dinner and bath time. Uh got to say hi. You work from home though, right? I mean, usually that means um um calling I, 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 I'm kidding. Usually it means not working and masturbating. <laughs> I think when most people every time somebody says working from home, I, I hear like masturbating during the prices, right? All right. Like, I'll be working from home. <laughs> oh, nice. I work from home on Saturday. No, nice. I do. I mean, I do get to see him. That's the great thing about it is that I have lunch with him and my wife every day here at the house. And I get to, I get oh, to actually do get to spend a lot of time because I don't have a commute and things, but I am working a lot. I, and I see that as a temporary thing. I mean, it, once we can finally move into like a small little studio, and I can have people, you know, to help in, in person as opposed to, you know, uh, everywhere else. I think those things will make a big difference. But, you know, right. the, the hard part is like the people that are working with me now, they I, really, it's all like part time. And, you know, would they move to where I have the studio? I don't know. It, it's all would kind they, of, I mean, would they there. need to, I mean, I, maybe I, not, I, but I would I, like I, to have someone to help with the video and help do yeah. the stuff that's right here in person and, and not just be me. And yeah. I, I want to hear every single bit of the rest of this, but it reminds me a little bit of when people are like, Oh gosh, you know, I, I started this blog and uh, then I had some ads on it, and then I had some sponsorships, and I had all this stuff. And it, it always strikes me as funny. This is a different show, probably, but I think it's an interesting topic. Somebody starts out, and they accidentally become like weirdly successful by, be, by doing something unique independently. And for a lot of people, it seems like their first impulse is to figure out how to A, stop being unique, and B, stop being depend, uh, independent. I, not all the time, but it seems like, oh gosh, I can't wait to have a contractual obligation for a book, or I can't <laughs> wait to have, I, in other words, I can't wait to have my project ruined by someone who doesn't understand it for not that much money, you know? And it's like, in your case, I could, if I were you, and I'm not, I mean, I'm not, you know, successful as you, you know, you know I own my house or anything, but like, in your case, I, my goodness, I would get, for the house, sure, I mean, clean out a tiny little room, maybe get the smallest room in the house, soundproof the crap out of it. But I would get the fastest internet connection you can and then have your infrastructure live, you know what I mean? It doesn't, you, don't, you don't have to be, right? You don't have to be broadcasting. Do you all your people, can't you 37 signals this a little bit? can all your folks Well, that's how it is. That's how it is right now. And that's how is it problematic been. or do you wish you were in a room? Do you want to be in a room? That's how I've been doing it. Well, the, prob- the problem is, you know, on the one hand, I would love to be able to have somebody here to help out with a lot of this stuff. There's an incredible, even for the, the production that we do now, there's a lot of gear, there's a lot of computers, there's a lot of uh, sure. stuff to do. And it, it just, having all of this in your house, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's super convenient and I don't want to commute. What I'd like to do is I'd like to have like a little studio that's like literally in the backyard in its own little freestanding little place that I could go. And and the big reason for that is soundproofing is one thing, but when you've got like three-year-olds running through the house yelling, there ain't no soundproofing that's going to, that I'm going to be able to put in here that would really do that, that job well enough. I mean, yes, I'll get right. emails now, but no, you're totally right. And, but like, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that, but I think about when like on Mac break uh, with God, poor Leo, I mean, back before he had, was really staffed up all the stuff was like, Oh, we, we got to get the Moran, not with the Morants or whatever. You know what I mean? We got to switch this cable to that. And yeah. now we, we're not getting the, whatever it's called, the double line back through thingy. Mix minus. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Mix minus. Exactly. It was always mixed minus. It's like, I could see how that would be really frustrating, but like for you, like, do you, um, so it's weird because obviously you're a professional. You've done stuff for years as like a real grown up. But like, I, I'd like that question of how would you know 
if X or how do you know or how do how will you know when Y happens? You know what I mean? Do you have a, do you have a gut sense of when you know you're where you want to be mostly for now? You know what I mean in terms of like whether it's how, I don't know how you think about your goals and stuff, but I think it's a lot something a lot of people either are thinking about or should be thinking about is mm. in addition to all this like you know what cloud do I want to ride with the dragon to get to my dreams more like you know how <laughs> you know how would I how would I know if I'm doing too much or how would I know if I'm doing how do you, how would you how will you know when you need to make a jump or how will you know when you need to pull back I that's a great question I mean I I love I really like things just the way that they are right now I don't think I could really do any more mm-hmm. and I think I think I would like to offload some of the things that that I'm doing right now just so I could have some time to relax and not like finish the day 15 minutes before I I need to go to sleep. Well, totally. You know. I had to um I had I had to basically not had to, I chose to and continue to practice a few little things that um if you have it, I mean, gosh, <laughs> again, talking about first world problems. Oh, it's really hard. I have, I timed it. When I found the office near my house, and it's really, really, really near my house, I timed it. How far um, are you from there? I, I, I brought along my, uh, my information phone and I hit the timer and it was, it took, at a normal pace, it took three minutes and 20 seconds from door to door. That's so awesome. It's, it's literally. Only I mean, in I San Francisco. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to create, a, you know, too much of a like triangulation situation here, but like it's literally around the corner. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and I, I don't go home for lunch as much as I could just because, you know, I, I think, you know, my wife, my wife likes having her own life too. But uh, no, but it is great. And like our kid, you know, we just hop on a streetcar to pick up my kid from school. That's great. And it's that, I gosh, sure, I, would I ever give that away? I mean, Dan, we need to have some kind of a service. Can we just work to hire somebody who goes out and fact checks things that I say and goes and finds the citation, please? Maybe you could, if we could find somebody in the chat room. If there's somebody in the chat room who's like a librarian that would like to be my brain. Um, go find the citation for this. That uh, every, every 10 minutes of time that you add to your commute shaves off some, some X percent. That's, that's almost the same number of percentage points in terms of quality of life. I don't know if that's true. But they say, you know, like people who live in Atlanta who have to travel, you know, 90 minutes to get to work just have this excruciatingly bad quality of life. Yeah. Because, and especially now in my case, like when we would jump on Caltrain, just to go down, you know, my wife worked in, um, at Stanford and I worked at Men- Men, uh, Menlo. So you, know, you get on Caltrain and you just sit there and drink coffee and tune out. But like, gosh, would podcasts exist if people didn't have to sit in traffic and scream? That's just the worst. No, just most, I, mean, I think there's a huge percentage of people that listen to these shows while they're in their cars, you know, while right. they're driving. And, you know, that's something that I, as somebody who did that for a decade or more of, you know, having a 30 plus or 45 minute commute uh, regularly wow. each way. I-, I wish. Oh my God, it would have killed that. I had me. had this kind of thing back then of, of being able to listen to people who I, in, I like to hear guests who I was interested in uh, man, having like For friends. Me it was audible. It was, I, back then it was audible. I had yeah. a, one of those tricked out, like, you know, back in the day when I had my little diamond Rio 64 or whatever it was, um, yeah, I, I love that. But anyway, what I was going to say was that like the, the one, if there is an upside to that, and there really isn't, but it is you, you can, if you work it, really have a, a break between work and home. Now, I understand that doesn't happen because you've got a Blackberry and stuff, but in my case, I had to start, um, I started doing several little David Allen-esque hacks. And I'll tell you two that really work for me, and we're probably already off topic, but I, I think this is kind of useful. So my problem was I would get home, 
And as I've described this to you before, I, I think we talked about this. I know I've talked about this in an interview, and I think it was with you. But I got to where with this book stuff and all these different projects, you know, when you work on your own, there's no walls. The walls are like made out of ice cubes. Like they're not really that substantial. You know what I, you know what I mean? Like you're, I can work from pretty much anywhere. My work is so weird and whatever anyway that really, I've said this since 1995, my job can be conducted with pretty much almost any computer, a text editor, and access to FTP. That's pretty much what I do. Um, a reduced subset of almost everything that I need to do is that. I mean, sometimes, you know, <laughs> it involves cold fusion <laughs> rather than a straight text file, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, you can do it from anywhere, but boy, think about that. It's like, you really do have to fight that urge to constantly, like in your case, you know, it's, it's really, it's really, you don't get the, you get the worst of both worlds. Cause yeah, you got a three-year-old yelling, but you're also, you want to, you, you want to yell back, but you also want to go hug him, but you got to go do this thing. Yeah, so shut up. exactly. Right? No, that's on, on it. Exactly. Level, right? No, that's it. Exactly. Um, you know, and so from, here's two things I did. Uh, and then I do want to hear the rest of your, um, thing. This gives you, gives you time to think. Number one, um, when I'm on the, once I'm on the block, like once I can see my house, um, Phone is turned off and headphones are removed. So not even music, not even anything, certainly not email. Um, which sounds really stupid, but it's made a really big difference. Um, and I have a, this is going to sound really, really super dumb, but I've got a, you know, wallpaper picture of my kid on my iPhone. So what I do is I have this ritual where I take off my headphones, I turn off my phone, and I turn it back on, and I look, look at a picture of her, and I go, this. You know, this sounds so stupid. But otherwise, what am I going to do? I'm going to walk in there, and like now I've got an email I just got, and I'm mad. And, like, she wants to show me something she drew. She drew me a picture. Like, yeah. she, she just drew a map the other day, this amazing thing, like, to show elephants and, uh, and rabbits how to get home. She wants to come show me this map she made for me. And I'm going to sit there and yell at my email. Well, I'm telling you, turning it off, putting it away. Huge. The other one, um, and especially when she was a baby, an infant, this was huge. Um, the laptop doesn't even come out of the bag. Or in this case, you could say the iPad or the whatever, the iPhone. It doesn't even come out of the bag until after she's asleep. Which sounds like, okay, that's fine. But even if it's out, right, you're going to use it. It's, you know what I mean? You have to act like, you know, the cigarettes are locked in this cabinet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, those helped a lot. Yeah, and I totally didn't say my that's what she said joke when you mm. I, th- I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Now, do you, do you have anything like that? Like, is he allowed to play in there when you're not in there? Or is it really like daddy's sacred space? Oh, no. I mean, it, well, a lot has changed between the days when I was doing software development and or being a, you know, CTO from, you know, this room uh, to now. Because before I didn't have video cameras and cables and wires and mixers yeah. and computers and everything and and now it would be more of a dangerous place for him. So we, we, he can, he comes in, but before he used to just be able to come in whenever he wanted and play in here and whatever. But now with all this stuff in here, it, it something would get broken him or something or something else. Right. So it's, it's, it's not so much being like a sacred space as it is being just not a, not a good place for a three-year-old to be <laughs> a three-year-old, a three-year-old boy, with a three-year-old a boy. A yeah, like energy. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's pretty energetic, right? Oh yeah. And so I think, I think, yeah, in that sense, no, but it, and it's, it's in a way it's easier for me to separate work from, from family bef- than it used to be before, because before 
it was all about email or writing a little bit of code or whatever. And it was super easy to just, well, I'll just open the laptop for a second, just check in on. So, or I'll just write it. I just want to add this one little feature, you know, whereas now it's like if the microphone's not turned on, you know, yeah, I still have to do work. I still have to do email, but most of that stuff happens during business hours. So I try it. I try really hard to limit it, but I really like I really like doing the you know interacting with people. I really like responding to people who email me or talk to me on Twitter or whatever and it's just that's the hard part for me is to say this this will wait till tomorrow. You've got to do does, it. It really you know? literally it really literally does never end. I mean no, not it never bad, ends. Not, not it never a, ends. Not, in, not necessarily in a bad way, but that's but what's funny is you we're both pointing to something in both cases whether it's working at home or whether it's working near home or whether it's access via electronic means is that there is no built-in scarcity to any of that. Because, okay, so for example, like in a traditional, what I would call Richard Scary, big pardon, uh, what I would call a Richard Scary job, you do have a couple kinds of built-in constraints, I think. I mean, it's not like suddenly we've invented having a lot more work and that's a new thing. <laughs> right. But I, I really do believe that, that there was a time when, when, I just think about when I was a kid. And to me, a canonical example is like you would never call somebody on a Sunday night. I don't know if this is just a Midwestern Protestant thing, but like it was, you would never... I mean, there was just understood rules. Every kid, every family I knew understood certain things. You never call somebody's house after 9 p.m. unless it was a big, an important thing. Now, I'm 44, so maybe that's just something, you know, Clifton Webb era stuff. But I, I, you would never call somebody, like, on a Sunday at 10 o'clock in, at night. You just would never do that. That would yeah. be so – you might as well just go over to their house naked and, like, you know, ask to borrow a cup of whiskey. It just would be so weird to do that. But today, you know, because it's asynchronous, you know – even though our ideas about the response time may be anything but, <laughs> you know what I mean? It yeah. could be very specific, but there's, there's no limitation to that amount of quote-unquote work. You know? and, and again, it's, is it all work? Well, no, you enjoy it. It's great. Some email is about Facebook zombies. Some of it is about people who want to give you money. Like, were there that many things apart from the telephone in the 40s that were the source of both work and family stuff. Yeah, it's a I mean, great how, point. how many times would you bring somebody home at eleven o'clock to sit on the porch swing and talk about the Nakamichi deal? Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> think that happened. You had a place you went that was called, you know, the office or the job, you know. And I, I think in a lot of polite societies, and again, this could be my Midwestern bias. You just didn't, you didn't really. The men would go and talk about work or whatever, but by and large, you didn't just sit around and talk about your job, you know, all the time. So anyway, I, I'm just saying, there's the nature of the work, quote unquote, that we're talking about is that when it involves people and communications, it is unlimited, but then that access is also unlimited because we can do that from anywhere. I hear you. I mean, there's a reason there'll be some New York Times magazine thing every year or two about let's, let's all do woodworking because people crave that kind of like, I want to make a real thing. Yeah, like putting your hands thing. on something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, like I always joke about on the podcast, the other podcast, you know, fake internet money, fake internet, you know, it starts to become this weird Baudrillard kind of simulacrum kind of life where you're just, you feel like you're almost living in a diorama, you know? But 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 in your case, like you you said in our last uh, last visit that you you think pretty long. <laughs> our last visit, <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't believe in uh, I, I like self reference in almost everything except uh, the, the programming. I don't, I don't like the word podcast. I don't. I really don't like the word netcast. But I also don't like podcast. I think uh, we call these visits. <laughs> these are visits. I like it. Yeah. It reminds me a little of like a, what a therapist would say at the end of the. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. On sure. the couch, you know. How's, how does that make you feel? How does this make you feel? <laughs> what about this? How yeah. about that? Uh-huh. I like it. It's just the second knuckle. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. 
It doesn't um, matter now. Doesn't matter now. Boom. Dung dung dung. Um. No. Uh, so anyway, uh, knowing when it's enough. Ah, uh, because you. What we talked about in our last visit. <laughs> hey, what happened? What what's what the f is up with Jim? I got no plate reverb on that last on that last. Uh, I put him. I put a marker in there. I don't know. I like it. We can have, we can put your whole thing on plate reverb this time. You know, he's dead to me. Um, the uh, I kid. Uh, you talked about how you thought about what, you, what did you say? Something like, oh, you think for six months about something before you make a big change. You know? Yeah. And then, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But even, I mean, even smaller things. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess we should broaden time. this to be. Uh, I hope this is interesting to talk about because I think it does apply to everybody. And, you know, if we get past the, like, Merlin yells at everybody about not doing it right, I think there's something we can all sort of agree on, which is uh, it's not always easy to know. Again, now, this is the topic of what I will be talking about, gosh, probably while this is running on, on Tuesday, uh, which is uh, this notion of um, how do you know if you're paying attention to the right things and how do you know, you know what I mean? You're always doing this kind of forward and backwards looking thing. Again, the Don Murray idea, you're always, you're kind of reacting to the past and thinking about the future, but you never really know if you're exactly in the right place. And so I think sometimes it is really hard to know, uh, you know, like, uh, like with your stuff, with your podcast stuff, like it, do you, you probably don't have a specific number in mind, whether that's for audience or for number of shows or number mm. of sponsors i mean you know and that's kind of the art of all of it isn't it like there's this continuum of zero listeners zero money zero anything and then there's infinite but there's really going to be somewhere in between you know and i wonder how many of us though walk around going like well you know <laughs> almost like was it milton or what's his name from uh office space you know where you're, you just get this mental count yeah with like, this stapler if you take my stapler one more time i'm setting the building on fire right like that, that's that's as good as we get at really keeping score of how things are going you know what i mean it's 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 i think it's hard to keep well, keeping score is hard i mean how but even if you do even if you do have a goal set a goal i mean goals are good right that could be a whole show right there setting goals but i guess if you set if you yeah. set a goal what happens when you get there? Do you, you know, do you say, well, now I'm not going to do anything else new or I'm not going to make any right. changes or, you know, well, I, I would even go a, a giant step further back than that. And I, I, you know, Dan, I apologize. I'm a contrarian. That's just how I am. No, I'm not. I, it drives me crazy because, you know, the thing is people go, oh, goals are great. And I go, no, they're not. And they go, goals are terrible. I go, well, no, actually goals are, goals can be good because they're both, they can be great and terrible. And I mean, with a goal, well, first of all, you know, I kind of, I'm sorry, I do rag on certain sort of guru type people, I have to admit. But I think when you give people a really unreasonable, unrealistic idea of something that's not going to happen, <laughs> if you give people some really un, like pie in the sky idea of if you go and do this magic formula, you're going to become a bajillionaire. If you give people those really, these really unrealistic ideas based on not particularly much, um, you know, you really stoke the fire in industry that makes people want to do stuff. But you, it's not really cool that you told them something that, that's really just a yeah. scam. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I do. And a lot of this self-help stuff, let's be honest, it really does amount to a scam and a Ponzi scheme. A, a lot of it, a lot of it really is. You know, I mean, when's the last time? I mean, like Tony Robbins. I got to say, Tony Robbins seems like a super nice guy. I would love to just go, Tony Robbins is a bad human being, but he actually seems like a really nice guy. When is Tony Robbins going to put out a book that says, seriously, like, if you've read all my other 49 books, don't buy this one. This is the la- I literally don't want you to ever buy another one of my books. Here's my, here's my next book. You want my next book? Stop buying my books. He's, there's never going to be a day. You know, I, I, just, I always come back to this one, this uh, Dead Kennedy song from, uh, what is it, from Plastic Surgery Disasters, I think. It's called Trust Your Mechanic. And, you know, it's whatever, typical sophomoric 
awesome Dead Kennedy song. But it's like, trust your mechanic. Well, because trust your mechanic, you go in, whether that mechanic is your doctor or whether it's the person who fixes your car, you go in there and you say, hey, my car's not working right. And they go, okay, <laughs> I'll fix it. They tell you what's wrong with it, and then they tell you how much it's going to cost to fix. Nobody ever goes into their mechanic and goes, I have $10,000. What should I do? Right? You, you <laughs> that would be the stupidest thing yeah. in the world. There are all of us, like, you know, your mechanics, there aren't that many mechanics that are going to go, your car is fine. I don't need to fix anything. They'll find something. Yeah. And in the same way, like, whether it's a therapist or whether it's any kind of a person who stands to make money from you being a little bit broken or feeling a little bit broken, like, I got off. I got derailed. That just bugs me. That just bugs me. Because it really does kind of keep you addicted to non-self, non-help, you know? I, I believe that personally. But, I mean... The funny part with a job, I think, and maybe almost as much for a company, is the amount of, as I kind of in, um, intimated, I, I think we get really emotional. Don't you think? You get, you get so much skin in the game about what people owe you, and like, maybe this is just me, but I remember feeling like I had scores to settle. I remember like, oh, I will watch and wait. You know? <laughs> and, you, about what? Uh, about what? Oh, about everything. I mean, I, I just remember when I worked in an office, I just remember being obsessed with status. And now when I go into an office, like, all I see is status. All I see is people... Oh, people status. who are like, oh, I want 15 direct reports by the end of the next quarter or something like that. I have so many stories. There's one guy, this one guy in particular, and I, I need to really... Sh- you, need, you need the visual for me to really do my impersonation. But the family, family-owned company I worked for when I got out of college hired this guy as their quote-unquote marketing person. And this guy couldn't market his way out of a wet paper bag. I mean, th- he was... this. He was the, one of the most farcical adults I've ever met in my life. He, was, he's, he basically spent all of his time on the acquisition of meaningless, superficial, non-status, building status things. So if he saw that you had a three-ring binder, he really wanted three three-ring binders. He didn't, need a, he didn't really need a three-ring <laughs> binder, but now he would find a reason. Oh, so now man. the thing is, now, 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 now get ready for the, there's a big box of Buddha at the end of this. So he's like, okay, well, now he needs, he needs three-ring binders, but he needs more than you. And now he needs a reason to fill that. Okay, so now he's going to have to, hey, Peg, can I, Peg, Peg, can I, his name was David. <laughs> Peg, ah, ah, can I borrow you for just like, I don't know, like two hours to just go ahead and uh, take and take and run off uh, all of this? <laughs> oh, well, what do you mean, Dave? <laughs> well, ah, ah, I need to get uh, a, a, a background copy. Of each one of these from my uh, archival, uh, and uh, so she basically he would have to send people to like just run copies of stuff and punch holes in it <laughs> to fill his three ring binders. But well, now now he needed a place to put his three ring binders, and so <laughs> he needed bookshelves. Okay, so you see where this is going, and, I and do. so and then it became lamps because now he needed lamps for all of this. <laughs> and, and at one point, at one point, he, when people would go to lunch, he would go and he would he would take their lamp, and he had seven lamps in his office. Because he's pretty convinced, you know. Are you kidding? He had seven lamps. He had desk lamps. Yeah, yeah. In different places. He had, he had floor lamps. He had desk lamps. And ah, and I'll never forget. And, one day, and then finally he was dissatisfied. <laughs> he had a CX and that wasn't enough for him. Uh, so he comes in and goes, ah, and he, ah, he's always like hitting something or kind of clicking <laughs> something with his shoe. He was, yeah, he, it was like some kind of like tap dancing Tourette's thing he would do. And he goes, oh, Marlon, I got to tell you. I, I can I ask you a question, Marlon. Yes, Dave. <laughs> ah, what do you run there? You got one of them. Uh, you run one of them thirties. 
Yes, Dave, this is an SE30. It's an SE30. Oh, man. <laughs> I got to get me more of them chigger bites on my bus driver. I, 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 well, how am I going to get more fonts on my desktop? Uh, can I get, well, what, how would I get, get one of them 30s? <laughs> so now he needs a 30 because he wants more chigger bites on his bus driver, right? <laughs> and then, of course, you get the new, you get the new 30. Well, as you know, Dan, as a computer freshman, once you got a 30, you need a new lamp. Yeah. So the, Sorry, so that was that was a huge. That was derail. great, though. Well, that's that, and the thing is, that's been me. You know, talk about like a teachable moment. Like um, I, that's so been me. That's I mean, I, 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 I gosh, I've only, I don't think I've mentioned this yet on the show. It's a term Freud came up with called the narcissism of minor differences. When you get really, really emotionally wound up and stuff, and you feel like how similar you are to other people, you start looking for meaningless differences mm-hmm. that can make you dislike them. And uh, boy, that story is probably one of them. Like he was just a not particularly bright guy from Georgia and I was just mean to him, but he really was dumb. But, uh, and he was a resource drain. He made more than me, I found out. And it made me so mad. Because um, I, you know, I worked hard on that 30. <laughs> I worked really hard. <laughs> Best Mac I've ever owned. Um, but I don't know. Maybe you didn't have that as a CTO guy. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if you, you faced that, but like to me, like working in a cube farm, I think that's why, I mean, say what you will. Well, I, I was only I, CTO for like out of the last, 17 or 18 years for maybe a year and a half or two of it. Have you worked in cube farms before? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Most of my most of my professional career was spent in a cube. It, it, it's just, I'm guessing on the earlier end of your career spectrum, like after the startup-ish 90s thing. Oh, I was in cubes there too, but yeah, yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. So did you I don't know, I'm just curious. This most of my a, time was in cubes. Did did you did you feel over time different working in oh, such a loaded question? I'm just going to say what I think. I think you, I behave really differently depending on that kind of environment. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? If oh, I'm yeah. in a cute farm where I'm just like, I've got a, you know, how many items of flair am I going to have that makes me look different? Think about that, you know, that lady that, you know, think about that lady that looks like a hippo that works at everybody's company. She's been there for like 90 years. She's got, she's got all the pins. You know, she's always the pushback lady. She's always like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's Martin Luther King Day. I'm not going to be here, you know, or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Or like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know I, I was employee of the month that month. So that means I get this the extra Danish this month. And you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. you, there's all this entrenched. You see this in, especially in government. You see this, especially in uh, academics, I think, especially in the staff. I don't, I'm sorry. I'm just like literally castigating millions of people, but I, I have this thing I'm kind of obsessed with. We talked about this on uh, conversation that time, but I don't know. I think if you don't have that entrepreneurship, if you haven't figured out how to do it, you start noticing stuff like how many lamps you have. And when you're just stuck in that environment, it's, did you act or feel any different when you were in a cube farm versus when you were in your private office? Oh yeah. No, that was, that was the dark, that those many years in cubes were the darkest time of my professional life you know speaking about professional life it was the darkest time it was the worst absolute worst i hated it and i mean there, really? i have i have a whole host of bizarre reasons why i i hated it i mean for one thing i'm i'm uh i'm light sensitive to to certain lights that vibrate on a certain or frequency like uh oh, you fluorescent you yeah. fluorescent lights and things like that really i would get migraines really bad from them so i would turn I would, you know, get up on my desk and turn off the lights above my cube because otherwise I would get migraines. And people always used to enjoy like, you know, oh, that's like, there's Dan, you know, turning off the lights. And I I didn't like working in the dark, but I, I 
you know, I would be like the guy, like, why are these lights always out? And the maintenance guy would always show up at my cube. I'd be like, no, I turned them off. You're like, what do you mean you turn them off? Yeah, I turned them off. Where, where do you think uh, Dave got the idea for, for desk lamps rather than the overhead? <laughs> I totally, I was the same way. Yeah. And, and people, people thought I was like a psycho, like, you know, that I was in, what do they, what do they call it, troglodyte mode? Like, I, I, I just, I, I felt the same way. And I don't know. I, Terrible environment, though, cubes. Terrible. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, brutal. I guess I, I think that's why, like, these days I really don't, I always talk about how, I think offices can be so so bad. I think it's possible to build a, a really good office, but maybe it's part of it is just spending a decade in these terrible cubes where you know you're using computers that are underpowered and set up improperly and that are locked down beyond your your ability to install even the most basic software on them. You know, mm-hmm. I, where, where, and I, I think we talked about this. I remember I we was, did. we should, we, we talk about that. We talk, we should, we should link to that, that one conversation we talk about it on every episode of this show. Too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just, it's, it's such a depressing environment and it's so, it's so not conducive to, to the way most people work. And yet it's so predominant. And for me, it, that was just a terrible, those cubes were just a terrible, terrible time lasted and lasted. My wife spent, you know, 10 years in that environment and it was, it was anemic and, uh, and harmful. I, 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 I totally agree. And I'm just, I'm thinking, I can't here, say enough bad about that. Kind oh, of I know. Well, and well, one thing just that, that makes this more complicated, even than the way we're, what we're describing is that it's different for everybody. I mean, there are some people uh, who like their environment a certain way, and it's, you know, I, you know, I mean, gosh, if it works, I think one of the worst things you can do is just go in and, and by fiat just start changing stuff around because you feel like changing stuff around. That drives people crazy. I mean, yeah. but I just, for some reason, I don't know why I'm thinking this. I haven't thought this through at all, but it's funny how um, on some level, IT, IS, whoever, like they pick the crappy software that operations has to use. But then operations picks all the crappy lights that IT and IS like has to suffer under. Mm. It's almost like, <laughs> you know, it's funny. It isn't like it isn't like the nerds get to pick the lights, and it isn't necessarily. I bet the final buying decision is not made by the people who use the software a lot of the time. Yeah, it's you know what I mean. It isn't like you're at a startup where you could go like, hey, which one of these would you prefer? There's you know. I, gosh, if there's uh, any um, well, overarching generalization that I'll get yelled at for today, you know, well, why did Windows sell? Well, Windows was easy to buy and it was easy to install and it was, you know, hard to get rid of. You know, it really was like a lobster trap in a lot of ways or a roach motel or, you know, just whatever uh, the thing is that's unpleasant and then trap something that's equally unpleasant. That's, you know, kind of Windows. But uh, don't you think? I mean, yes. setting aside the whole like there's never a good day to admit that we haven't needed Windows all along. You know, I think when you get into a bigger group like that, you really stop seeing the impression of the different people on the team. And uh, there's all that, such that dissociation. Uh, Well, but you know, um, so uh, how much time do we have? We got uh, 10 minutes? Yeah, sure. But um, as far as the kids, the nerds, I call them the nerds. Um, Knowing when you've got enough or when you've got the right thing. Do, Do you agree that that's kind of an artful thing? Oh yeah, I mean it's a well, it's a black art. A what? A black art. Oh, a black art. Uh, totally, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, and I think I think the problem is like just to back back to the thread we dropped a while back is it's really it's like <laughs> you know it's like the stock market almost or anything else where you're trying to make a decision based on evolving information. And you know, so for for example, if you were going to invest in something like you'd want to know. 
you don't you not only want to know what it is what it costs today and you not only want to know what it costs during the IPO but gosh you're sure going to want to see some trend lines for in between yeah right there's that thing I say, like one data point is not a trend and, you know, really even two doesn't prove much. You really need at least three data points to, to, to show something interesting at all. Um, but I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I think that our data sampling sometimes is even setting aside all the, the biases and heuristics and, you know, errors, judgment errors of, of how we see things. Even if we always saw perfectly, it's, it's kind of hard to know. It kind of gets us back to that conservative, you know, the thing we talked about a couple couple shows back, that, that thing of like you're always erring on the side of being extra super conservative. So you might say, well, since I don't have all the information and since I don't have all the current information mm. and since I know I'm scared about what I don't know, that's more than enough to tell me that I should basically not do much. Well, yeah, I mean, that that has the potential to, to shut somebody down. Yeah. But it's, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, what's funny is, and this is again, back to that Veen interview, I think uh, just to you know, there's the Dan Benjamin character. Is, is can I call him that? Do we do we need a name for that character? I don't know who, which one you mean, but sure, yeah, call him. Oh, you want, should I do my? I, you know, I don't have an impersonation of you yet. Do it. Try. Work on work. Work on it. Hey, do it for the next show. Hey, give me a second here. Um, okay. Yeah, 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 Merlin. But people are gonna say that uh, that's fine for Merlin. But I. <laughs> What's that character's name? With that, with you that can guy? call. You can call that guy. <laughs> oh, that's, that's fine. For, that's fine for Merlin guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. Huh? TFFMG. Um, <laughs> well, you know, well, you know, I, in terms of the that, that that's fine for Merlin guy. I think the funny part is, and again, I if, if people haven't listened to this, Jeff Veen said so many <laughs> smart things on that episode. What are you laughing at, smartass? Not that I. I just enjoyed the impression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think people are. Yeah. People in the chat room are asking, why? <laughs> ah. um, if I, and the thing is, it's like my sequel. I got to do it every day or I lose it. Uh-huh. You know? I used to have a great Jesse Thorne, and now I can barely do it. Um, uh, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have gotten that coffee. I think, um, I think, I don't know what I think. Anyway, go listen to that Jeffine episode because so much of this show will make more sense. Don't you think? some ways the more i think about it that episode where you you me and veen talked and i, I talk about the responses my gosh i got so many so much nice yeah, email yeah that was a well that was a fun one you guys talked so much about about a lot of these issues you know of of creating a good work environment and and all of the the potential i mean really you know at the end of the day though <laughs> what are people gonna do what are people gonna do if they're trapped in that kind of cube situation <laughs> You can set your clock by it. It's how you know it's the last scene of the play is when Dan Dan talks in that voice as as, as that's fine from Merlin. Yeah, but well, I, I just I get to the point where I get I get I, right. you know I try I, I try to remember what it's like. I, I never want to lose touch with it. So listen to me. No, I no Dan. Listen to me. Just... Let me let me speak. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. When I when I was in high school, I used to write notes to myself that would say. Don't forget how much this sucks. Don't remember this in a positive way because it really did suck. Don't think of this as your golden years. High school sucks. And I had written the note like that every year, really starting in junior high on. Uh, I didn't write it as much in college because college wasn't quite as bad. And I noticed that 
if I hadn't rem- rem- if I don't have the memories of myself writing those notes, I would look back on it and think yeah, high school was pretty great. Right. And there were things about it that were pretty great. I mean, you know, I w- I didn't have to worry about paying bills and you know that kind of stuff. So in that oh, sense, God, I, I wouldn't go back for the world. Never. But yeah, never but that's the thing. Years. It was overall never. it was pretty horrible. I would never want to go back. And you know, I think about it, and I think. I felt the same way about most of those cube jobs, but there's a lot of people who are driving to one of them right now while they're listening to this. And now we're depressing them. So, you know, you're the guy that goes and talks to all the big businesses and helps people turn it around and feel good about it. What are they going to do? I really have, I'm going to put it to you. You brought this up. What do they do yeah. about it? They're not, I don't want them to, you know, they're listening to this right now and they're commute in. Now they're going to turn around and walk home. <laughs> Maybe yeah. they should. Well, um, but yeah, you can set your watch by it because it, you know, we only have an hour to do these shows. So yeah, the the last 10 minutes, I've got to ask you that question. It's yeah. Well, uh, and I'll always mostly answer the same, I think. Um, so, I mean, first of all, I think the fact that you're doing that is, is incredibly instructive and useful. I don't want to just sit here and rant about something that seems really opaque to people, but I mean, to me, um, there are, I'm, this in, okay, so this is not an answer, but it's, it's, it's one opinion about why I feel the way I do. Um, I don't have a complete answer, but, but when, if I were going to try and summarize my own views about this and why I sound so confident about this thing that seems insane and only works for me, uh, well, first of all, I've seen who it really works for. Um, and when I talk about this stuff, what I'm talking about are issues involving um, taking responsibility for your stuff, having a certain amount of agency, not relying on other people to, you know, kind of make the decisions about, about what you do, or conversely, not just waiting for stuff to be visited upon you when you can avoid it. Um, taking risks just in the sense of allowing yourself to, you know, wonder how this could be different. I mean, there's a million things we're talking about in this constellation of this, 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 this is fine for Merlin yeah. type stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you'd summarize it, except the way I've been trying to think about it, you know, as I try to work on this book, is uh, that um, where, I think maybe in the way that I pitched this to Webstock, where did I say this? Anyway, at one point I was trying to summarize everything I thought because you got me thinking about it in that pipeline interview. I was trying to summarize it as that um, um, as you increase your expertise and your independence, well, if you increase your expertise, it's almost a, it's really it's kind of hard not to increase your independence. And as you increase your independence, you kind of can't help but improve your expertise. And I'll, I'll give you some examples of that. I know that sounds silly, and you're going to have to think about it for a minute. But what do I mean? Well, okay, when you get really, really good at something, right? Let's say, well, just as an extreme example, let's say you're not good at anything. <laughs> let's say you're like me in high school, and you did work at McDonald's. I had no self-esteem. I had no interest. I had no nothing. And I had the job that showed that, which is I worked at McDonald's and I was scrubbing dumpsters at three in the morning in a van down by the river. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> I just saw that again the other day. It's still funny. It is. Um, <laughs> Matt's been down in the basement eating no-dos for the last four hours. Um, but it was true. I mean, like, let's say you're at the, that end. You're at that Merlin end. Um, and I was just like, you know, you know, screw everybody. Like, this is, uh, life sucks. I'm not going to go to college, whatever. I'm just going to listen to punk rock and, you know, be whatever. Well, you know, uh, part of that was I was from Florida and just hadn't had exposure to enough stuff to realize that life was worth living for. But but the thing was, it wasn't until I went to college and learned some stuff and learned that, you know, there's that whole Har- Howard Gardner thing about, you know, the different kinds of intelligence. That was certainly a totally foreign idea to me. 
where I thought because I'd failed two classes when I was a senior, I was doomed for the rest of my life. So, you know, don't, don't shop that stuff to me and act like it's something really exotic. I don't think you're going to meet that many people. I mean, I literally failed. I failed ocean science when I was a senior. I failed music theory. I failed music theory. Do you know, what, Dan, would you like to know why I failed music theory? Yeah. Because I wouldn't write a march owing to the fact that it was, in my words, gay. <laughs> I wasn't going to write a march and I wasn't going to write a waltz. A waltz is in three, four time and three, four time is gay. I won't do that. No, not gay in that way, you know, but, but you know what I mean. Back then, that's, that's what we used to call that was, things that we, we thought we didn't like. I mean, in the Louis C.K. way. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm this guy who was like born on third. No, <laughs> I, I had a very impoverished childhood and I almost failed out of high school. <laughs> this is not, there's not like a great ending to this, but I'm just saying I get that. But, uh, so then let's go to another end of the spectrum. Let's go to somebody who's like really, really good at what they do and has lots of horizons. Let's go to like somebody who's like, uh, it didn't have to be not even a Steve Jobs character. Just go, you know, look at anybody who you admire who's kind of interesting. And think about how seldom they sit around and ask permission from people to do anything. And, and the, the, you don't necessarily even have to be arrogant, but think about the people you really, really, really admire, like at work. Think about your, if you like your boss or you like somebody, like almost everybody at a job, you've got somebody that you turn to, like if you need advice, kind of a mentor person. Right. Think about that person. It's probably somebody who's a mix of being very talented, uh, very uh, you. diplomatic. You. No, 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 no. I mean somebody who actually has jobs and stuff. But like being talented and being diplomatic and being all these things. But like also those kinds of people, they sometimes quit jobs. And you go, oh my gosh, you can't leave here. You can't leave here. Janice, if you leave, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> right, right? You, and, and you think like, the whole company is going to leave. Well, that's because Janice knows when it's time. Mm. Right? Janice, boy, that's, that's a shame well, and for the, you. The, person, the, other person, the other person knows that it's time because Janice is leaving and they don't, they don't want that. That's what that resistance it could, usually could comes be, from. but I'm just saying. Well, maybe Janice has her expertise and her independence have been moving up somewhat. Maybe not at the same speed, not at the same time, but almost kind of like not like steps. You take one left foot, then right foot. But think of it a little bit that way. Like, let's say you go out and you're just a complete idiot, like I was in high school. Well, I had nothing. I was gonna. I don't even want to get into it, but let's just say I did not have a bright future. Um, the Marines were like running by my house all the time, going, "We've seen your ASVAB. We want to give you a job." And it's like. <laughs> It's like at the point when like the Marines are coming and like telling you to come drink coffee and watch videos, you know, <laughs> you don't have a super bright future. It wasn't Brown. It was not Brown. Yeah. It was not Princeton. Um, I just think, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that the independence and expertise issue for me means that when you go out and you do stuff of any kind, when you actually do stuff, right? Not when you just sit around in school, like not when you just, you know, think you're learning about something, but when you go out and work. And I mean, let's start at a really understandable, normal kind of low level. If you go out and you, you don't even have to have a CS degree. Let's say you've picked up just enough PHP to go out and get a job. Well, yeah, well, like you're not going to get to do super interesting stuff. Like you're going to do the equivalent of swabbing the decks for a long time. Yeah. Because you don't deserve any better. <laughs> you haven't done anything yet. You're, you're just a jerk. You're an idiot. You like... You haven't made anything yet. Like, why would somebody... Well, okay, now let's stop right there. Have you not met people, especially via the internet, who have derived their entire sense of their expertise from the fact that no one's yet told them how little they know about something? Hmm. This all tracks very heavily to this idea of the Dreyfus model skill acquisition. I'm stealing all of it straight from that. But it's true. But it is true. Think about it. You know, there's a Dunning-Kruger effect, right? There's always people running around going like, I know a lot about everything, but they've never made anything. But they're full of entitlement about all the things that they see other people having. 
all they see is the people who get all the stuff they didn't get. All they see is the people who got all the breaks that they didn't get. You know what I'm saying? I, I see that so much. And every time I hear the, the, that, that, that character of yours, uh, I don't hear it as like an attack on me. I don't hear all, – all I hear is like meow, meow, meow. Nothing's fallen in my lap yet, meow. And I'm just saying I sat around waiting for stuff to fall in my lap for a long time, and it, it, it didn't go great. I got really, really, really lucky because I was surrounded by people who hadn't given up on me yet. But I just don't think that's necessarily something you want to just rely on to, to be the governor for how your life's going to go, right? I'm not saying you got to go out and like, you know, be some kind of Tony Robbins character. Uh, but the building expertise, if you go out and let's say you're that PHP guy, you start making stuff, you start shipping stuff. Even like if you had a tiny role in something that shipped, you could ask for more interesting work. And you could, if you could demonstrate that you've got the skills to do that, you'll move up. If you don't, you won't, Right. Oh, they're mean. There's politics. Okay, good. Go get another job. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but what? Yeah, but what? Yeah, but what? What couldn't you ship? Right? Like every time you hear yourself coming up with all these reasons something couldn't happen, stop. Like stop saying that. <laughs> Ask yourself if you're just an idiot because there's probably something more you need to know. Maybe you're not independent because you don't deserve independence yet. You know, I, and again, I understand. You've got your reasons. Everybody's got their reasons. But, uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, William Carlos Williams became one of the greatest poets of the 20th century while he was a physician. He wrote on the back of, pres- the one reason his poems are short is because he wrote on the back of prescription pad, uh, you know, tear off prescriptions. You know, I mean, like he did pretty well with that. You know, there's, there's a, Einstein worked in a patent office. I know these are all famous stories, but I'm just saying, it is like Einstein showed up at the patent office and goes, well, of course I haven't invented relativity yet. I work in a patent office. <laughs> Oh, Fermi. Oh, look at Fermi. Oh, oh. Oh, Edison's great. Oh, elephants, really? Oh, wow, fancy. Except you do it in kind of a German accent, probably. Um, as you get better at that, as you get the expertise, you're going to notice stuff. You're going to notice, first of all, that there's all these losers sitting around whining about how they never get to do stuff. Well, that's going to give you the independence to go, hmm, boy, we sure are getting a lot of chum instead of sharks in here. <laughs> like, I wonder if I need to go follow Janice and go to, this, go to a more interesting place, right? If you're good at what you do, you also, on some level, have an okay idea of how good you are at it. And I, yes, yes, the Dunning-Kruger effect is apparently a real thing. Google it. Uh, and yes, you should all read this uh, Drivers model skill acquisition stuff, yes. What I'm saying in a nut is that if you think you are an expert at something, but you actually suck horribly at it, and you've never been around enough people to tell you how bad you are at it, like a podcast is not going to help you, all right? So if you are really, really good, and I know Dr. Drang yells at me, why are you always yelling at me? I'm a talented guy. And it's like, you are a talented guy. This isn't for you. Just so you know, Dr. Drang. But if you are somebody out there who's going like, I don't understand, why are my horizons so limited? Well, why don't you first start with a really really soul-searching idea of how good you are at the thing you think you should be acknowledged for. It really is, let's get back to the Buddha and the clarity at that point. Okay. Because you may not have the independence yet, we got a ditch. You may, not, you may not have that independence yet because you don't have the expertise, right? So, so then here's the other thing. Once you get that, you go, okay, oh wow, I understand exactly how good I am. None of my, none of my requests for salary, salary raises anymore are going to end with a question mark. They're going to end with, hi, Right now, I make whatever. Right now, I make $10,000 a year, and um, I want you to give me $12,000, um, but I also want you to give me a car. I'm making this number up, obviously. Um, oh, no, we can't cut. Well, okay, here's the thing. Um, I, I, I know that I can go out and get a job for $15,000. I don't want to, 
but I, I want to stay here because I really believe in this and I believe in this team. And I know that this, this, this guy here who's not as good as me is, is probably making a little more than that, but you need to keep him on for political reasons. But you need me here and I, and I, I want to be here. Like I need you. I want to be here. So let's just do this thing. And then they go, no, and you leave because <laughs> you know what you're worth or you never do it in the first place. You keep your powder dry, you keep your mouth shut and you keep your head down until you find something better. If you're good, you know, if you're really, really, really good, you wouldn't have the job you've got. You'd be somewhere else probably, unless you really are like running a team at Google, you're probably not the best at what you do. So first of all, be aware of that. And once you do have the independence, you can't help but get more expertise. Once you've had that taste of independence, you start opening your eyes a little more. And you start realizing that like, you're not undermining your boss by reading a book about something else. You're not, by going to a, a conference, by having job interviews. You know, a friend of mine that works at a, a place here in town, um, famous for movies about Star Wars and stuff. <laughs> She's like, she went and uh, did a job interview with somebody and, and she was like, I feel really bad because I, I don't know. And they're like, what do you mean? You're an adult. Like, you should be doing this every week. You should be. <laughs> so that's the thing is once you get that, once you get that independent, oh, this is good. Dan, will you capture this? Independence influenza. I like that. Yeah, it's not very good. But like once you get that in your blood, it's going to be hard to go back to, it's going to be really, really hard. You think it's hard to like see your way to the top just by, you know, dreaming and riding a cloud. Boy, wait till you've had a little bit of independence. It is really hard to go back. And you will fight tooth and nail to never have to do that again. That's all I'm saying. So, so to, to address the Nan character, to address the, like, uh, that's fine for Merlin. Well, maybe that is just fine for Merlin. In which case, you're wasting your time here. Like, you know, I, I, like, uh, no, not wasting your time. I hope, you're, I hope you enjoy this. I hope this is a fun show. You should listen to all of Dan's shows. But, like, uh, there's never going to be a point where I go, there, there. Like, why would I say that to you? Like, why would, why would I say, stop trying? Why would I say, like, I don't believe you can do this? I'm never going to say that because I don't know you, but I assume you can do it. I assume you can do something more. You know, there's, there's so much stuff that we could just tweak a little bit that could make us so much happier. And one of them is going like, I've got to get out of this thing where I'm 20 years old and I think the world's never going to change and like I haven't got my black belt yet. Like, I just, I think that is such a dead end. And Dan, first of all, the high school thing, I'm with you. You would not believe the stink guy that I get from parents. Every time I meet somebody who's in high school and in front of their parents, I say, just so you know, you know high school's and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, no, no. But I mean, like, your parents are telling you it's like the best years of your life. And they're like, yeah, yeah. I go, and I say, so, uh, I'll turn to go, I'm sorry. You should probably not hear this part. I'll be like, seriously, keep your head down. Don't get stabbed. Don't get arrested. But get out. Get out. I promise you college will be better. Or whatever. Anything but high school will be better. Yeah, they're really. crushing you right now. They're crushing you. No, it's not you. You think you're crazy right now, and you're not crazy. They're crushing you. Those are a bunch of broken people <laughs> who are trying to take you down. Just get out of there. And the parents don't like that. But I, I agree with you. I felt the same way. I felt exactly the same way. And at the time, I, didn't, I really didn't have ears to hear the kind of stuff that I'm talking about now. You know what I mean? Well, there, there were also very few people talking about it this way. Well, let me ask you this. I'm going to take it and turn it. Um, that character, the, the, however you perceive that person who's saying that, and you know, be, as, be as, as generous as you can be about it, what would you say to somebody who goes, oh, that's fine for Merlin? What, I mean, what's your answer to that? Rather than like, oh, I can kind of see that point of view. What are you going to tell them to do differently now that they've made that, that insightful realization that it, it's fine for me? Well, I, what, should, what should they be doing more conservatively that's going to protect them? Well, I don't think it's that they need protection. I think what, what people, a lot of the time, they hear this stuff, and I think they want, they want to know, and by the way, you, 
you do that after I ask you the question, which is why I ask you. Yeah. They, they want to hear how they can actually apply it. In And I get a lot of email. I get a lot of email from people who will right. say, I love this show. It's a great show. Thank you for asking Merlin this question because I do want to apply these things. And for a lot of people, they can't they can't make the jump from A to P or A to Q. Okay. Or, you know, I, I understand. I understand. I apologize. I apologize. Now, yeah, do, you, do you code in Rails? Yeah. Okay. But um, how do you do the, the classes? Yes. How do I do that? How do you no, make no, no, the, no, 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 no. Specifically, how do I do class? How, like, how do I make a class right now? You would, uh, you want like the step-by-step thing? I want you to tell me how, Dan. Yes. Listen to my question. Yes. I want to make a class in Rails. How do I do that right now? Okay. You well, would, no. Well, I mean, like, oh, no, the thing is, I, here's the thing, is I want to make more money so I'm going to computer programming. And I, I'm tired of hearing all this stuff about having to like go and like, I, could, I only have so much time because I'm really busy. And I need something very specific about this. Okay, let me ask you a different question. Um, where can I buy? Can I can I buy a controller? Do I need to buy a controller? Or can I make a controller? You can make one. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, if I have like more than like five controllers, is there like a discount, or can I get partial credit because I've been to community college? Like, when? <laughs> no, it's not funny, Dan. I want to get better at this. So let me ask you this. Um, okay, if I've got like something like a hello world dot pl. Uh huh. And it's and so if it's it's I've got it. It's like seven. I think it's like it's like seven five seven. Why is that not running in Rails? So you're you're saying that I'm asking you for specific examples. <laughs> I'm telling you, it says hello world dot pl. Why won't it run in Rails? So should I make it six seven six? But I'm telling you that a lot of people can't make. They can't may always make that jump. They do need someone to to walk them through it. You can't run that because you're trying to run a Perl script in Rails. Mm-hmm. There's no answer to that question I hear that is going to make you happy because you're asking the wrong question. And if I sit here and go, that's an excellent question. I can see how that's hard for you. Wow, that sucks. Really? That won't run? Oh, my God. Oh, my God, that's <laughs> awful. And what did Merlin say? Merlin tried to tell you? Oh, my goodness. Do you mean, do you mean to say that you don't have all the answers? No, what I mean to say is that uh, you don't that, have every answer for every person. No, no. I mean, I, I have I have an answer that I can give to anybody. If I sit down with anybody and we have a beer, I'll do anything I can to help you. I'll do anything that I can. But what I what I and again, I, I'm I'm coming back to something at the heart of this, which is my very perfunctory understanding of the Dreyfus model. Which again, I, you know, I, I learned about this from Andy Hunt. I talk about it all the time because it's completely changed the way I think about stuff. And, and, and at, the, at the heart of it is just this notion that it's hard to uh, obtain any kind of an external skill, right? Like learning Rails or doing whatever. It's really hard. Um, it's hard because, for one thing, you know, just the nature of knowledge, not to get all like epistemological, but nature of knowledge is that it's hard to know what we know and what we don't know. To quote there's a wonderful Donald Rumsfeld thing about, you know, there, what does he say? Like they're the unknown knowns and the, the unknown unknowns. And it's true. Like when you're starting out in something, you really don't know anything about it. But just because you know the name of it doesn't even make you a beginner. Like just throwing around a word like Rails doesn't mean you even understand anything about it. Mm-hmm. I don't understand anything about Rails. I'm literally throwing around words like controller because I spent 10 minutes playing with Rails ever. You know, I did the uh, David, uh, whatchamacallit thing with the TextMate, you yeah. know, make a blogging engine thing, yeah. which is amazing. Best screencast ever. But um, what I'm trying to get at is that that is the nature of expertise. Expertise is something that is cumulative. It is something that builds up. 
And if you approach it from this emotional standpoint of going, like, you're the dick because I'm not regarded as a Rails master. Well, no, that's so wrong, it's not even right. What all I'm saying is that what, you know, how many times have you gone to a programmer and you ask them a question and they say there's no answer to what you just asked me? And you're like, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, that model you just asked about was discontinued. And like, oh, God, why, does, why do you have to make this? Why don't you just give me the answer? And it's because, like, that's how, for example, a programmer thinks. They think very much in terms of, first of all, you're losing a lot of credibility when you say things to them that are completely at odds. Well, no, I, I'm actually being pretty cool with you because I understand that, like, this is hard stuff. I understand that not everybody can do it. But the message, the, what I'm trying to get at, at the heart of this, at least I think, is that to develop that expertise, you're first going to have to, A, own up to the fact that you, that none of us know as much as we think we do, but that, but that B, the only way you're going to be able to answer this level four question is to really do a lot of work at the first level and then do a lot more work at the second level. And yeah, it might be, you could think of it as faith, you could think of it as trust, you could think about it as anything, but like, I'm not going to let you fly this plane until you show me you can drive to the airport without wrecking your car. And then yelling at me because you keep flipping it over is not helping. Mm. Like, I'm asking you to demonstrate the perfunctory skills of an adult who understands the complexity of these issues. And the complexity of these issues is nearly infinite as far as I'm concerned. There, you know, what, what is an easy way to say there's no one answer? Is there an easy way to say that? I mean, the kind of restless curiosity and desire to learn new things and the desire to be wrong and the desire that that curiosity doesn't come from a five-bullet list. It comes out of going, oh, I get it. This is complicated. Now I'll go work, right? And I understand. I'm, I wouldn't have a job if this was easy. I don't really have a job anyway. But I, I understand it's complicated. But I don't, know a, I, don't, I don't know a nicer or simpler or more spoon-feedy way to say that, that in order for you to improve your life, it's going to really have to be you that does it. If there's anything out there that's a button or a list or a book and you think that's going to really change everything, like just stop. Like right there, that is a great indicator that it's BS, right? You know, there's that, that Thoreau quote about being, what does he say, be cautious about, uh, <laughs> can my fact checker please check this? Beware of any enterprise that requires new clothes, you know? It's, it's like New Year's resolutions. You go, oh, I'm going to I'm decide I'm going to try and lose 500 pounds by February, which is, you know, of course, first of all, totally implausible. Uh, second, you have no infrastructure in place for how you're going to support it. Um, C, uh, you really like to eat and you're kind of a lard ass. And so uh, all these things kind of line up to make that a very difficult thing. But then you could yell at the calendar or you could yell at me for saying that's not plausible. But I didn't change the, the material facts. I haven't changed the material facts about anything in your life. You've just spent time listening to a podcast. That has not changed any material facts. The material fact is that like, if you want to get good at stuff, then you're going to have to go really learn from the inside how that, whatever you want to get great at works. You don't get great at guitar by, by buying magazines. And you don't get great at running by buying running shoes. These are not just, I'm not just saying those words. It's really true. Do, do you know what I mean, Dan? I just, the, the part that I get frustrated with, and I, I don't really know how to say this, is the inspiration that you need. First of all, inspiration is never going to make you good at anything. You know, inspiration can get you over the hill. If you're struggling, like if you're, if you're working really, really, really hard, well, there's an element of expertise that says, okay, well, I, I should be able to know how to, un, how to unlock myself from this problem. That's a big part of being an expert at anything is having solved a problem many different ways so that you know how to try different keys and different locks and you can figure out, you know, what to do, whether you're a writer or whether you're an architect or, or whatever it is. Um, 
there, there is the independence factor, surely, of saying like, well, I'm going to have to, a la Veen talking about, well, sometimes I've got to go on Facebook to find these answers. There's going to have to be a certain amount of agency about saying, well, what do I do to figure out how to fix this? But, you're, but you're, you don't even need to worry about those problems if you haven't learned the basics and if you haven't solved enough problems that you can legitimately blame the world for this not working out yet. There's really, you're not important enough to have a cabal out to get you, like let alone me. You're just, this is not happening. Like there's not, there's probably not a cabal that's out to get you. There's probably a pretty good chance that you just haven't distinguished yourself yet if you're struggling that hard at whatever it is you're trying to do. Like, I don't know. Dan, let's get specific. Give me an example. Come up with some character, some version, a persona. Let's try to help one make-believe person. Give me a persona. When you, when you think about that person, who is it and what are they struggling with? Okay, I think, uh, well, you know, and we're out of time, but I'll do it, any, I'll do it anyway. Um, I, think of, I think of a lot of time a person who's very much the, in the situation that I was in, say, 10 years ago. You know, you're working in a cube farm. You're frustrated because your bosses don't take your ideas seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've done everything you can think of to do to share the ideas, and you're starting to get that feeling that, you know, these people aren't going to make any changes. And yeah, maybe I'm not as experienced as they are and I haven't been working as long as they are. I haven't paid the dues that they've paid. But some of these things might really work and they might be really cool. And if they would just let me do them, I might not want to quit. And you have to go in because you can't get another job right then for whatever reason. It's, you know, who knows what the details of that are. Uh, but you you feel kind of stuck there and you feel kind of helpless and not able to really make the situation better. Now, in my situation, I would quit and just deal with it. And I would never bring anything from home to the office or decorate my desk or anything. And that, that way I felt like I could, you know, they would never know. You always know, like when somebody is about to give notice that their desk is suddenly like really clean and organized. And I quit so many jobs that I just never bothered to, to do it because I didn't want to drop any hints. But in that, in that situation, I mean, that's, that's the kind of person that I feel like, you know, we didn't have the internet the way it is now 10, 15 years ago. We didn't have this. We didn't have the the kind of networks and social communities that you can have. So there was that very much that sort of like, man, I'm like the only one around here that gets it. But I think that's still out there. So you know what I want from you when uh, I ask you yeah. those questions? You know what yeah, I'm really reaching no, for? What? Yeah. I'm reaching for the Merlin character who, and you've already done this this episode, so we don't. I don't think we need this exercise as much. But I, I'm reaching for the, the part of you that says, Dan, there is no answer to that question, but I'm going to say something inspirational. Mm. That's, right. what, that's what I'm looking for when I ask that question. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I'm looking for something that you can take and you can say, because I, I believe there's two sides. Have, there's can, two I, sides oh to your gosh, answer. I have so much. Insp- I mean, <clears throat> Dan, I can inspire you. I can inspire the heck out of you. I know, and that's but- what I want <laughs> when I ask you that. So there's two sides. There's two Merlins to, yeah. to this. There's the Merlin that sort of has the... Uh, oh, you're 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 gonna have to remind me who was the philosopher that that talked about the perfect chair? Was that Aristotle? You know the one I'm talking about that said there is this Plato. Plato, there is this perfect definition of the what form, a, the, the form. ultimate form, the ultimate shape of a chair, and everybody's always sort of so. There's that Merlin, and then there's the Merlin who says. Well, on the ground in front of us, we've got a couple two by fours, we've got a hammer and some duct tape, and you know what? You can make a chair that's good enough. Yeah. 
And those are the two Merlins. And most of the show is the first Merlin. And at the end, I try to bring in the second one. I, I, think, it's, I think it's a great idea. But I wish I could talk to that Dan that you just described because he's got a lot of problems. Oh, yeah. Right? He doesn't need to worry about two by fours yet. I mean, I'm just telling you, as somebody who's <laughs> finally gone in and had conversations with the kind of people who are being browbeaten by their employees to just have a chance to do something cool one day. Well, first of all, when's the last time you went to somebody else in your company and asked them what they wanted to make? Right? I mean, I don't, I don't care what level you're working at. Let's say you're even at like a, a, you're a team leader. Like you're at, you're at a kind of a Lance Corporal level. Like when's the last time you ever went to anybody else and said, hey, what, do you, what can I make for you? What do you want to make? Well, everybody has something they want to make. Like, that's not hard. Everybody's got ideas, okay? But if you're going to run around and go to your boss, and I'm sorry, you need to hear this. If you're going to go bug your boss about, wah, wah, when do I get to go make a cool project? Well, what have you ever done that was that great? Like, they're going to go put their job on the line, and they're going to go spend resources so that you can go, you know, make this thing at a time when they're having to lay people off. Well, what have you ever, you know what? You know who they're going to give that to? They're going to give that to somebody who already made something great. Mm. Maybe the guy sitting in the cube next to you because he never had to go and ask permission. He wasn't looking for a dad. He was looking for somebody to basically <clears throat> just do an introduction to say, like, I, I, should, I obviously should be working at a higher level than this because look what I made. Yeah, you're right. Let's go. You don't go to people and ask for that stuff. It's like, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I agree with you, Dan, and I felt that same way too. But because I, just because I felt that way doesn't mean I needed to be talked out of it. I thought my mom was a dick for not letting me play in traffic. I could not believe <laughs> I was like, do you understand how much cooler it is out in the street? And she's like, I do. I completely understand. There's, but there's a lot of cars out there, and it's my job to make sure you don't die. And I'd be like, you are such a dick. Like, why would you – you're constantly going on about this don't play in traffic stuff. And I got to tell you, Mom, it's a non-starter for me. And then she – well, I just – I need to really make this clear to you that you're not going to go play in the street. Right. So I can explain it to you, and you can understand it. Or I cannot explain it to you, and you cannot understand it. But you're not going to go in that street. Because whether you understand it or not is not material to the fact that you will die if you play in the street. Okay? So what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of people out there that are going to go, hey, you know, if you think it's going to be good, if your life meter says that you should you know, <laughs> play in the street, follow your bliss, I'm just going to say get the heck out of the street. So, yeah. So as the, the inspirational stuff, Dan, I mean, I, you know what? I would be, I'm fine to dedicate like whole episodes to the inspirational stuff. But here's the problem. There's always a problem. Mm. Um, like, what, what's the last thing, what's the last, in the last quarter, not even in the last year, in the last month, what's the last great thing you made this month because of inspiration? Send it to us. Send it to Dan. Show something you wouldn't have, something you would never have made except you got inspiration. Because I think that's BS. People either make things or they don't. Inspiration is a poster. I'm sorry, but like, go ahead, send it. Show me the thing and then show me what inspired you. If you're pushing out product all the time, if you're pushing out five projects a week, you might get a sixth project through inspiration. If you've never pushed out a product in your life or a project in your life, inspiration is not going to help you make the first one. Working really hard is going to help you make the first one. That's the problem. Inspiration's great, but there are so many people who are inspiring you. Like you spend so much time getting inspired that when, when do you ever actually make that thing that impresses your boss and says, sure, I'll give you a budget for that. I'd be an idiot not to. I, that, that's what concerns me, Dan. It concerns me that there are so many people at every corner who realize that their bread is buttered on the side of telling you BS that makes you feel empowered instead of going, wait a minute. You know, <laughs> you, don't, you don't need some kind of robot with big teeth telling you to go buy a book. You need a big brother who's going to go, wait a minute, you're not ready for this yet. You have not demonstrated the expertise you need for your yellow belt 
let alone browbeating me about why you haven't gotten your black belt. I'm just saying, if we go back to that very first, first or second episode, remember the everybody's got their reasons? I mean, start by thinking about what other people want too. You know, uh, if you can find, if you have a project you want to do, find somebody else that's already working on a project. Find out how you can contribute to that. You notice how, how much of this stuff comes back to the I, 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 the me, me, me. Why am I not getting this? Why am I not getting that? Why is my boss not stepping up to bat for me to like make this easier for me? Well, that's not your boss's job. Like your boss's job is to impress, impress their boss. You're just, you're just an operational detail. They've got stuff to do too, right? And the way you, again, not, not just the way you become the CEO, the way you impress the CEO is by shipping three things where they go, wait a minute, how did I not hear about this? How did, you know, what you want to hear people say about you is, is not, why is this person still here? What you want to hear people say about you is, why did it take me this long to tear this person out of this department and fling them higher up the ladder? I mean, I think, I, I really believe that. You know, Dan, finally, I know we're super late. You can make this 10 episodes. The, the last thing is this, and, we, you know, and this, this gets to take a little of my own medicine. Let's talk about problems and levels. The kinds of advice that are going to be useful to people is going to vary a lot depending on their level of expertise and their interest. So, I mean, one way we might want to address this in the next episode is to talk about like, okay, let's say you are at the absolute beginning level or let's say you thought you were an expert but you realize you're really just an advanced beginner. What are the kinds of things that you can think about in terms of maybe with a tech spin, but what are the kinds of things you could do to get better at this stuff and to, depending on your situation, to to develop the kind of genuine increases in expertise and independence that will make it unavoidable to other people to move you up. You know, if again, if you go back to that, everybody's got their reasons stuff, well, there may be a reason that everybody else is getting promoted around you. I mean, I, I don't know you. That's not addressed to you. But do you know what I mean, Dan? Like, you have to really go look at the reality part. And finally, I will say, if people want to write you uh, with specific questions about this stuff, I, I'm happy to contribute whatever I can. We're talking to a lot of people here, Dan. We don't know any one person here. But all I can do is say the truest thing I know about most people, which is that when they stop worrying about what other people are giving them and they start worrying about what they're able to produce for themselves, your vision changes so completely that you're, you're going to hear the words of being the damn Benjamin character and you're not going to believe those words ever came out of your mouth. That's what you, I wanted you, you to say right there. All right. Boom. Boom. I love you. Love you too.